Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. Hello, friends. I'm Shen. And, <laughs> and I'm eating a bagel. <laughs> I'm Lei. And this is the Wild Day Nap Podcast. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Those um, that know me know that me eating is like, I mean. Someone's eating in every episode. Second nature. But you have to deal with it. There's a lot we have to get done. Mm-hmm. So we got to eat when we can. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Check in. How's your life? My life has been very blessed. I know I mentioned in the last episode that um, Joe and I randomly decided to put the house up for sale. Mm-hmm. Thank be to God, that house sold Woo! like hotcakes. Uh, it went up and got sold in five days. Amen. And everything happened so quickly. We weren't really expecting it to move that way, but we are so grateful nonetheless. And more good news. We found another place. Amen. It is crazy for me to think that I, in two weeks, in a two-week time period, that we decide to sell a house, sell the house, and buy a whole new house Fabulous. in two whole weeks. It's insane to me. But I am so grateful. Mm. I'm feeling blessed. We prayed for this, and I'm happy that everything worked out the way it did. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for you. I know you were stressed, but you were faithful. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Favor over your life, girl. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Amen. you. Amen. And the heavy. <laughs> so what about you? Um, so <laughs> listen, the cold. <laughs> oh man. So I've just been swapping germs with Bean back and forth. Like we've just been exchanging like bacteria. So she's getting better. I'm getting sick, and then vice versa. I felt like she was like on the up and up, and then out of nowhere now she's got like a runny nose and a cough again. So I'm praying that she'll be well soon and that I will too because God only knows. Like, there's, I just can't. Mom flu is just the worst, the absolute worst because it's just like the regular flu, but no one thinks you have the flu. <laughs> so you got to do everything anyway. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that um, that'll subside soon. But other than that, can't complain. Things are going pretty well. Leon started working nights. So that's an interesting curve um, for me because now um, I'm on nightly duty, day baths and bedtime stories and all that fun stuff but he's volunteered to take her to daycare in the morning so that's fabulous that's good i can sleep in a little bit more i don't feel as anxious and rushed in the morning and yeah they get to have that time together so it's pretty cool i don't mind it that's perfect it is perfect it's ideal it's working for us and it's nice because when i get home from work i can just focus on making myself a meal getting her to bed and then i just get to relax have a glass of wine watch all my trash tv <laughs> love is blind if you haven't seen it on netflix get into it wait what is it <laughs> oh girl 
So I have to, okay, Love is Blind is 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, and The Bachelor all into one. Mm. It's a dream. Okay. Okay. That's my kind of show. So I'm telling you, when you're <laughs> done, like, throw it on and you will binge watch the, like, in, I started watching it last Saturday, and then I just, I didn't get up. I watched all five episodes. <laughs> and then they started, they, I guess they added, like, a couple other episodes on Thursday, and I've caught up since. It's such an incredible show. I love it. Absolutely love it. So yeah, it's nice to kind of have that time to myself, and then on the weekends, he and I and Drew, we can all reconnect. So it's That's good. good. Bomb moms. Before we get into bomb moms, oh, we have a guest, guys. A bomb mom. A bomb mom herself. <laughs> yes. Um, welcome, Danielle. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. <laughs> so Danielle and I, we went to high school together, right? We did briefly. We, we did. did. Yeah, so we did go to high school together, um, and, you know, we've always kind of, I guess, been, like, on social media, friends, and seeing each other grow, and, like, saluting each other from a distance, and Danielle's just doing a crazy, she's been doing incredible things, and I've watched, kind of, like, her progression, and I've just been, like, on the sidelines, just cheering you on, so it's such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Super excited. Um, so we'll get into Danielle, who she is, what she does, and why she's here in a little bit, but first, we're gonna nominate Bomb Moms. Who okay. are you nominating? Um, so because I didn't get a chance to nominate um, our guest from last week, I wanted to nom- uh, I wanted to nominate Elle. She was a guest on our show last week, and um, I wanted to nominate her because she I've never met a choice mama before, and I completely adore that. So a choice mama is someone that didn't give birth to their children, but they have taken the responsibility via adoption or, you know, um, and I love that about her. She's a, a beautiful soul. She's taken on this role with such compassion and patience and love. And you'd think that they were her birthed children because mm-hmm. she's so passionate about it. Agreed. And I think it's just such a beautiful thing to see her in that role because we, we were friends for a long time. And, you know, she always said that children were in the cards for her. To, <laughs> so to see her in this role is just, it blows my mind. But she's so amazing at it, and she's so intentional with her mothering, and then that's what I love so much about her. So I wanted to just shout you out, Elle. Yeah, it was really great. I I feel like the best part of um, you know, interacting with her was like not even realizing that like she didn't birth those children herself. Mm -hmm. Like you would never know based on the way that she talked about them. So super inspiring, and um, yeah, I think that she's pretty awesome, and I think. It's nice to nominate moms like that because I think that's like a unique style of motherhood, but one that I feel like probably more people can relate to than um, we might know. So, Elle, you're dope. <laughs> my bomb mom this week is my mom, Gigi. Miss Gigi, girl. <laughs> Gigi has a life. <laughs> when she told me that she, that was her Instagram name, I'm like, girl, stop. <laughs> like, you're doing way too much. It's so fitting. Though. Isn't it, though? Because she really does have a life, and like, especially in the summertime. Like, right now, Gigi's like kind of like on, like, She's in, in work mode, but <clears throat> when, like, the summer temperatures hit, like, Gigi, foot. listen, she's up and out. She's on vacation. She's at the festivals downtown solo. Like, goes to, like, the Latin festival by herself, saucing in the streets with some stranger. I'm I like, love what's that. happening? Living her best life. Like, her very best life. I absolutely adore her. So, outside of the fact that, like, she's, like, a super cool mom and has always just, like, you know, embodied, like, self-love and just enjoying your own company... Um, I mentioned on the last episode that my mom decided that she was going to start um, really, really helping me with lunches. So, you know, um, each day she prepares a lunch for me so that I can just, on my way to work, or yeah, on my way to work, I can stop by her house and grab it 
And she's done that because I mentioned that it was just challenging for me to prepare lunch for myself and for Leon and all that other stuff. So she took that load off my shoulders, which she didn't have to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm grown. I don't live there. Yeah. Like, she has no obligation to do that. She could have just, like, you know, given me suggestions, sent me meal plan options. Like, there are other things that she could have done at, rather than, like, making herself or making a lunch for me every day. And not just any lunch. Like, she's not slapping together what she's got in the fridge. Like, she's actively cooking. The other day I went there. And she was, like, making, f- like, full-out stir-fry at 7 a.m. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, like, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's really great. Like, I, I honestly couldn't ask for a better mom. And I'm just, I'm so enthralled by her. And I feel like it's just, it's so refreshing because I think, um, you know, I'm a mom now. And I didn't expect to still rely on my mom nearly as much as I do, but I do. And I'm glad to be able to do that and not feel as though it's going to be thrown back in my face or that she's like resenting it. I'm glad that she's doing it because she really wants to. So mom, if I am a third of a mother to Yara, as you've been to me, then I am plenty. So I love you and I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for those bomb ass lunches. (laughs) Keep them coming. (laughs) Don't stop. Do not stop, girl. Keep reaching for the stars. Wow. Mm -hmm. The lobster mac. Wow. Restaurant style lunch. Listen, don't even get me started with the nachos, the jackass nachos. Like, wow. All right. Danielle, what about you? Who are you going to nominate for a bomb mom? Uh, my bomb mom is Miley Teal. Um, she is a businesswoman um, and a mother. Uh, and she highlighted uh, an article this week where they spoke about um, a lady that had it all or was doing it all, something along those lines. Um, and she wanted to uh, highlight the fact that no one is able to do it all without their village or their community or whoever is helping them behind the scenes. Um, and I really appreciated her highlighting that due to the fact that she wears numerous hats. Um, but she was extremely transparent about the fact that um, she wouldn't be able to get anything done if she didn't have the nanny or the makeup mm. artist mm. or the hairstylist or the babysitter um, to assist. And the article actually opened with the lady saying, like, at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. I, I, um, I greet my son and he's already been awoken by the nanny. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, that's a complete, well, complete different, different um, narrative in yeah. reality um, than the new mom who's just starting out and might be a little bit younger, not as established yeah. and trying to find her footing. So I really appreciated that she highlighted that because a lot of us aspire to be um, our mothers and our mother's mothers that raise us that did it all. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that you're either sacrificing something to do it all or you are um, paying or have some support to help you um, right. be able to run the show. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Definitely. Wow. And that's like that that whole narrative is the norm, especially for uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because uh, we've gr- we were raised that way. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom's like, you're a girl child. You're going to have to cook, mm-hmm. clean up the house. And I have four brothers, mind you. And this is all our mess. But yeah. I can't go outside until I clean up that house mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. take the chicken out the fridge. <laughs> oh, the classic chicken. Don't forget the chicken. I can't tell you the number of beatings over frozen Don't chicken. Don't forget the chicken. <laughs> Yikes. Because I'm the one that has to keep it together, and that's yep. what we were raised as. And, like, obviously, i opposed to those views. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At a young age, like, that's not fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, subconsciously, you think about those things, and I came into the role as a wife and a a mother now mm-hmm. and I find myself trying to do those things now and trying to do it all like oh no my husband 
doesn't have to do that. He, you know, he can sleep. He has work in the morning. Um, I have to, you know, wake up and do all the night rounds and then make breakfast for everyone because he doesn't know how to cook. And, you know, I'm going to have to make the lunch and pack her bag and do the laundry. And then I'm burnt out. It's like I'm not pouring enough into myself. For sure. That I should. And then I realized that, yeah, this whole lifestyle, no, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. It's not going to make sense because Mm -hmm. um, I can't pencil myself in and I need to. Yeah. 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 It's um, you got to find that balance to take care of yourself. Definitely. Amen. (coughs) Speaking of balance, (laughs) that kind of segues beautifully into our topic for the day. (laughs) So uh, today we're looking at um, in in the spirit of continuing with the wellness series. So we had like a couple uh, conversations with different individuals on like, you know, preserving or understanding wellness and being and being mindful and, you know, preserving our mental health, especially as mothers. Um, But today we're looking at single moms and mental health and um, why it's important for them to to prioritize their mental health. Everybody needs to, Mm -hmm. but why in particular single mothers um, really need to understand the um, importance of that, of making that a priority. So with that being said, Danielle, tell us about yourself. Um, Tell us about yourself. As a single mom, your mental health journey, uh, give us an idea of what that's been like. Uh, okay, so um, how I was introduced to the concept of mental health was um, pretty much falling to my rock bottom and mm-hmm. being forced to um, take account for the actions that I had um, that I had engaged in or whatever that contributed to my state. Um, I had to take inventory of my friendships, yeah. the relationships closest to me, mm-hmm. um, who I was allowing to hold space in my mind, um, my mental real estate, and my habits as well. Um, And how this happened was I basically had a breakdown, a Mm -hmm. mental breakdown, um, where I was sent to the hospital for, I believe, first time it was a few days, Mm -hmm. um, because I had let things hit the fan. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure there were signs and triggers uh, that led up to that, but I was so hell-bent on being the superwoman that could do it all. Um, and I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with the people around me um, to let them know what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young mom, but I refused to be a statistic. So I wasn't going to admit that it was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what to do next and that it was really hard for me to maintain a social life while making sure dinner was cooked every night. Yeah. Um, and trying to be a Stepford wife at 18 when I still haven't, hadn't even finished school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a combination of things. Um but I'm glad that it happened because it forced me to be more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that's the only way that we can really change things. There's a lot of people that kind of just float through life aimlessly, yeah. um, blowing in whatever direction the wind blows them. Mm-hmm. And the people that really succeed, um, not even just like in co- our, our careers or professional lives, are the people that when, when we stop and we take inventory of what's going on, mm-hmm. um, periodically, whether it be annually, monthly, whatever, whether you're going to a therapist to check in, mm-hmm. when you are checking in with yourself, um, and making sure that you're good, that's how you can redirect your energies or um, make changes so that you have a more balanced life that's more conducive to your growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Definitely. like when you work out, right? You're a trainer, you're going to have some some uh, starting point that you're using as a reference. Right. Um, you're going to be tracking your progress to see what's working, what's not working, why yeah. isn't it working, anything that we're doing, whether it's work, your yeah. relationship, right. whatever, it's important to check in and we... We neglect that relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what kind of advice would you give uh, single mothers? 
Um, so uh, I had made it a habit of putting me last mm. um, very early on in life. Um, my mother was a very, she was a great woman, um, but she never ever vocalized when she was unhappy. Um, she never showed us when she was in pain mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Like I never saw my mom cry ever. Um, we never knew hard times. So because of how I was raised, um, we just kept things to ourselves and we dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having a conversation prior where Chanel mentioned her mother advising her to just push through things mm-hmm. um, or just deal with it. You're going to be okay. Um, and that was kind of our mentality. Um, when in actuality, some of the things that I had experienced were really traumatic and yeah. they had to be checked and dealt with by a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's important um, that you um, don't minimize the things that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um Make sure that you're speaking to the right people. You have the right supports. Um, because when I was hospitalized, um, that's one of the things that the doctors actually asked me. Like, what does your support look like outside of this? And nobody had asked me that prior to. Like, I'd always heard it takes a village. It takes a village. Yeah. It takes a village. But I, I didn't know what that village looked like or where mm. it comes from or where it comes into play. Mm-hmm. Because I was so um, self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Like my mother where yeah. was like, I'm going to get it done no matter what. If yeah. my son needs it, I'm going to find it. I'm going to make sure he has it. Um he's not going to go without, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all on me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have to be all on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's important that you have a, a support system um, and that you um, don't minimize when your plate's too full. Mm-hmm. Like be aware and, and be able to take a break or a pause or to check in with somebody so that you can just get your mind right or get mm-hmm. back to you. Um, because the effects can be detrimental. They're, yeah. It can cause suicide if mm-hmm. you don't check your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you can harm yourself in many other ways. You can damage relationships. You're not thinking clearly when mm-hmm. you're in that space. So it's really important to keep your mental health at the forefront, your relationship with yourself at the forefront, being very self-aware, and then having that support system that you can call on, whether that looks like therapists, um, parents. Um, if you're an only child, you might not have siblings to call mm-hmm. on. So just whatever that support system looks like, make sure you have key players in place. Um, just as if you were to get sick today, you know that you're going to your family doctor. If yeah. something was to happen today, what happens? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because when I was there for days, it's like, who's keeping my son? Who's bringing him to school? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where is he going to go? How long can I be sick? How long can I afford to be sick for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Which isn't a great way to think about it because you shouldn't have to limit how long you're sick. But you're you're the sole provider as a single yeah. mother. Yeah. There is no other partner to, yeah. to pass the duties on to. So you have to make sure that you're good so that you can be all that you can be for your child. It's mm-hmm. not the other way around where you're all that you can be for your child and that's that's going to fill you up. You have to check for yourself as well because you're a whole individual prior to becoming a parent and now you've added on a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And do you feel like any of the things that you'd experienced as like a child or, you know, throughout your, your upbringing really came to the forefront or fleshed out once you had a child? Like, do you feel like that's why, you know, um, your mental health kind of took a dip was because those things that you had tried to repress like surface definitely definitely it's good that you actually use the word repress and suppress because that's exactly what I was doing Mm -hmm. I was always like I'm okay I'm fine I'm okay I'm Mm -hmm. fine and I did it for um 18 years and then Mm -hmm. it stopped working because now I had to um understand how or why I was the parent that I was Hmm. um for my son's benefit Mm-hmm. Um, or how I could prevent him from experiencing certain things that I had gone through. Mm. So my trying to make things right for him brought my unhealed issues to the forefront. Mm. Um, and 
then again, it was I had dealt with some abuse within the family, so it was I was I guess a, a trigger for me having a child, knowing that I'm bringing somebody into this family, family. that abuse occurred. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of things yeah. um, that hadn't ever been dealt with. Mm. Um, I'd seen a therapist once when I was 16, and I actually like sat mute the entire appointment. I think wow. we had like three sessions, and she's like, "This isn't gonna work," and I was like, "That's okay, I don't care." And that was my attitude that I had maintained. And it had worked for me up until that point. But as a parent, you're going to have to get in touch with your emotions. Yep. And you're going to have to you're forced peel to back your yourself. layers. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you can be all that you can be for your child and be the best mother possible. And if you True. choose to ignore it, because it's a choice, really, mm-hmm. to um, work on those issues within yourself. But if you choose to ignore it, you're just causing further pain and perpetuating that cycle of brokenness. So mm-hmm. it, I was I was really hell-bent on us not being a statistic, myself not being a statistic, as a black boy, my son not growing up to be one as well. So um, focusing on all of that is really what brought it to the forefront because I probably would have still maintained that I'm good wow. for the rest of forever because it's what I had seen. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that it had worked for my mom mm-hmm. um, and the, the other women around me that I had seen that, that demonstrated that behavior. But life was like, no, we need to talk to you. Wow. <laughs> wow. We need to talk. Oh <laughs> Something's got to change. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. It is. I can uh, relate to a part of that because um, before having a baby, I had issues with anxiety. And, um, you know, again, coming from a Caribbean household, Mm -hmm. um, I saw a certain way to deal with your problems. And also seeing my mom, which is her intention is to raise a self-sufficient woman. Mm -hmm. And I um, grew up doing most things on my own. I just felt more independent and that I was very self-sufficient. And, you know, I encountered a lot of issues in my life. And again, I said, you know what, I'm strong. I could just push through. And like you mentioned before, you you end up suppressing a lot of things that you haven't dealt with. And it comes to the forefront at full force Mm -hmm. after having a child because I didn't have the energy to even suppress those things because I was putting so much energy into being a mom and I was tired, depleted. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point, you also mentioned earlier that it's important to find a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I, I, I reached my boiling point because I did have postpartum anxiety and it got so bad to the point where there was one um, morning I had to call my mom and tell her that, look, I, can't do this anymore i need some kind of help because last night i was gonna throw the baby in the garbage Mm. and not that i was necessarily gonna throw her Mm -hmm. in the garbage Mm -hmm. but she wasn't doing anything we were just sitting in the couch i gave her a feeding and she's just going back to sleep and in my mind it just said it'd be so much easier if i just threw her in the garbage and went to bed Mm. Mm -hmm. and the thought of that was so frightening it paralyzed me for a second Mm -hmm. and then i gathered her up (laughs) went into the room woke up my husband and was like you need to take this baby right now because i don't know what kind of state i'm in and i'm going to need like some space and of course he thought i was like joking yeah many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> he saw me there, like, saying nothing after, and just staring at him, and he's like, oh, oh, okay. This is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a drill. Let me take this baby and get out of here. Yeah. Um, but by being vulnerable and transparent with my mom, um, it kind of changed our relationship because she didn't say like, what? Yeah. Like what I expected. Mm -hmm. I expected her to say, I, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my dad was a little concerned, but he wasn't like upset either. He was just like, oh, like, please bring the baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. Let me make you some soup. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but like the uh, the reaction that I expected was the opposite of what I received. Mm -hmm. And they were like, "Listen, if you need to sleep, we're here. Mm -hmm. If you need time away, we're here." And just to know that I had that support um, changed like changed everything for me, yeah. really, because I thought that I had to do it myself because it's my baby. I had to suffer a little bit because this is what every mom does and it will be over soon. But in reality is I could have put myself in a very terrible situation. Absolutely. I could have harmed myself or my child. And I'm really happy that I was aware. I was aware of how I was feeling and was able to ask for help. Absolutely. Listen, I think that like it's, it's, it's scary. Like I think it's super scary and really hard to admit some of the things that like, you know, we deal with because yeah, there is this narrative of being super mom. And I think again, of carrying the weight of being like the super strong black woman as well. But I think we need to step into the space where we recognize there's so much strength and vulnerability and like being open and honest about what we're going through because Again, it's, we're not alone, and like a lot of women experience the same things but are too afraid to say, and a lot of women, even if they're not experiencing it, they know someone who is. Because what we go through every day is heavy. Whether you're you know, doing it on your own, doing it with a partner, it's heavy. Parenthood, motherhood, it's not easy. Okay, um, yeah, so I just wanted to add um, to the, vice, the advice that I gave earlier um, and just provide like a few resources um, and experts um, on vulnerability, mm -hmm. uh, mental health, parenting. Um, Brene Brown, she's not a, I don't believe she speaks on uh, mental health from a parental perspective, um, but she is an expert um, in the vulnerability area where she speaks on um, who you should be sharing your stories with, which is key. Um, so Chanel was able to speak with her mom, um, who she knew would be receptive. Well, she didn't expect it to be receptive, mm -hmm. but she was surprised um, by her response, which told her going forward that that's somebody she can have in her corner as a key player. Um, Brene Brown has a few YouTube videos on that, TED Talks, et cetera. She's an author as well. And then mm -hmm. there's Dr. Shafali. Um, she uh, speaks on conscious parenting. Um, so being aware of where you may be... Um, projecting your own issues onto your children through mm -hmm. your parenting. Very good. Um, which is a really unique perspective because I'm sure that as amazing as our parents were, they maybe didn't even realize mm -hmm. that they were um, passing off bad habits yeah. or projecting things that they hadn't healed within themselves that mm -hmm. we've now ex mm -hmm. uh, adopted and are trying to fix and yeah. um, end. Uh, but yeah, Dr. Shafali is a really good resource and Brene Brown um, will really help with vulnerability. 
I love that. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. the idea of projection I'm, is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I try often to do that. And sometimes it's like not even like, you know, in the minute. It, it might be like after where I'm being reflective of something that I said or did or why I felt a certain way about, you know, whatever it may be that Yara is doing or had experienced. And I'm like, where does that come from? Like, why do I feel that way? Like, why yeah. why is that my perspective on that? And I think, yeah, it's so important to be reflective like just and just ongoing, like interrogating yeah. why we think the way that we think. Especially because the kids can't. Exactly. Yeah. They're just receiving it and they don't even know how to yeah. process it. So it's like, mommy hates me. Mommy's mad at me. Yeah. Whatever. They interpret it however. She's mad because dad left her. Whatever. However oh they interpret it. So it's it's up to us to do the work. Mm-hmm. I think that's our responsibility as parents. Definitely. I agree with that. 100%. As conscious parents. Because when yeah. you know better, you do better. If you, exactly. if you don't know better, then you can't really be faulted, I feel. Very true. Yeah. So in terms of single mothers and the way that they're perceived within society, um, what's your perspective? Like, do you feel like the perception of single mothers or, um, yeah, do you feel like it's evolving? Do you think that um, there needs to be, like, major changes? Like, how do you, what's your take on it? Um, So I feel that we're progressing Mm -hmm. um, as a society, but at the same time, my um, view is kind of biased. I've curated a nice little world of successful single mo- uh, single mothers from all different walks of life, mm-hmm. um, where they're excelling and thriving um, in the face of the adversities and roadblocks that have been placed in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I was very intentional when I was doing that, um, when I knew that I was about to become a single mother, because I knew that I would need the hope, the support, the guidance, mm-hmm. um, and the examples so that I wouldn't end up falling into like a rut or a depression mm-hmm. um, while trying to navigate the next few steps of my life because it's it's a really big decision or a really big change um, going from being in a relationship to a single part a single parent yeah um, so I knew that I would need some sort of resources some mm-hmm. some form um, of support and guidance so I can't think of a single mother that's struggling that I see on a daily basis or communicate oh. with or reference. I know that there are stories where they're not making ends meet and their statistics and they have to do whatever they have to do to make ends meet. Um, but I don't really pay attention to that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They say where your energy goes, that's what, what expands. Nice. Um, what you focus on expands. And I focus on successful single mothers um, that are thriving in different areas. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're perfect mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. There's, they definitely have their areas, and everybody has areas where they can improve. Um, but for the, the most part, it's not the typical story that you'd expect to hear from a 16-year-old teenage mother mm-hmm. where, like, she's she can never get a minute to herself. Mm-hmm. She hasn't taken a vacation in 10 years. Mm-hmm. She can't date. She, like, that's not my narrative. That's not anybody's narrative that's around me. Wow. So... Yeah, I think it's important. You have to be conscious of the images that you're you're taking in. Like when I'm watching Love and Hip Hop, that might not always be the case. So that yeah. might not be the best thing to be yeah. uh, watching on a daily basis when you're still trying to figure out things. But that your perspective is going to change depending on what you're absorbing and what you're taking in. That's so true. Yeah, and that will change your outlook and your thinking, and mm-hmm. your actions will follow and level up. <laughs> I hear that, girl. Agreed. I mean, you could apply, apply that to anything. For sure. Really, in life. I think we spoke about that in our first episode for the new year when we made our list. Mm-hmm. How we were just going to start thinking differently and like changing habits to get through our new goals for the year. And yeah. Definitely changing my way of thinking. And I mean, look at this whole house situation. I went back to that book. Mm-hmm. 
and looked at my list yesterday and I, that's at the bottom of my list but i didn't even remember that i put on that list moving to a new house and that was not even Ooh, we didn't even trust yeah. yeah we didn't even talk about it yet yeah and i put like randomly all right I can move into a new house i'm like i'm getting things done on this list that i didn't even expect to get done yet okay and so I, when you look at it like that you can i can i guess look at it from another perspective where there might be a single mom who doesn't even remember putting out into the universe that she said Tyrone was never going to be shit. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> yeah. it manifests, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. our thinking, thinking about our thinking and being conscious of what we're speaking over our lives mm-hmm. is important more than we think. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Or I'm, I'm going to be single forever or mm-hmm. like we never amount to anything. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very conscious of yeah. not speaking with- that over my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's true, and I don't think it's like it's to say that those thoughts still don't come into mind. Like I think it's one thing for them to like you know to think about those things or like you know for the but they can't take stock. They can't take up no, feel them and let it be. Exactly, that's exactly it. I love that. I love that you're surrounded by positive single moms. I love that. I love successful ones too. Yeah, I love that you're proactive. Well, I know that I'm gonna see like the examples of negative. Yeah. negative situations where single mothers are not winning Mm -hmm. and not succeeding. I know that that I can find that in abundance. Yeah. So I'm going to have to be, (laughs) I'm going to have to be intentional. Yeah. Um, and not absorbing that stuff on a daily basis so that mm-hmm. I don't adopt that as my narrative. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think that's super yeah. freeing, especially for people, you know, who may be listening, who are in relationships and they feel like, you know what, this relationship is, I feel stuck. Like, I don't feel safe in this in this space anymore. I don't feel like I'm being fulfilled by my partner or whatever the case is, um, to know that, right? Because I feel like people often stay in relationships just because they don't want to be, like, the only perception of single mother the, the hood that they have is a negative one mm-hmm. and i think that it's beautiful that like that story is being rewritten because that's going to empower a lot of women to take the plunge and to be um you know to put themselves first and their children first after all like a happy home is better than a quote-unquote broken home for sure now kind of tying it in i mean we've covered it a little bit but i just want to just explore us a bit further this idea of single mo- single motherhood and mental health and how like um, the two are kind of becoming synonymous in the same way that we talked about last week, black women and mental health and why it's important for you know us to prioritize our mental health because arguably we um, suffer the most. So do you think um, something needs to be said for single mothers doing the same, like really making sure that pr- prioritizing their mental health, preserving um, their wellness or prioritizing their wellness, I should say, should be something that they're concerned about I think that it should be taken as seriously as uh, we take our physical health. Mm-hmm. So just as we are calorie counting and making sure that it's gluten-free and it's vegan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going into us. And our health is our bodies. Are, that's all we have, right? Right. So just as we're taking care of our physical bodies, we need to be taking care of our mental um, health as well. Yeah. Uh, just as seriously as we address wellness. It's not. It's not taboo to sit down and say, hey, I started this new keto diet and this is what it looks like and this is what it's doing for me and this is why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we should be just as transparent um, and just as dedicated to our mental health journeys Yeah. Um, where we can sit down and say, hey, I found this new therapist and I love yeah. her mm-hmm. and this is what it's doing for me because yeah. the wave is going to continue and we're going to have that ripple effect um, where more and more people are prioritizing their mental health. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's um, any more important or any more popular um, with single mothers than it is with anybody else because mental health affects us all. Exactly. Um, we have deaths that are spread across our feeds mm-hmm. on a daily basis. 
Um, there's suicides that are happening mm-hmm. that will, are highly publicized. Um, and a lot of them mm-hmm. recently, too. Yeah. So um, our s- we have a lot of sensory overload going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important that when you're done scrolling for like three hours of your day that you take maybe 10 minutes to yourself mm-hmm. um, to assess like what's going on, what happened, what what went well today, what didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I think that I maybe um, overreacted? Mm-hmm. Um, like just taking inventory of what's going on. I think that's important for a single mother because you are by yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have a partner to say, hey, you haven't looked yourself in six right. days, yeah. right? Um, or you've been sitting with that same plate for the past six hours. You're going to eat or not? Or have mm-hmm. you eaten lunch, right? So it's important that you put your, make yourself a priority because there's nobody else that you're seeing on a daily basis to do that yeah. um, and to call you out when you're slipping. Um, but it shouldn't be any more important than anyone else. But you're, you're all that your child has. So if you are hospitalized, ill, um, under the weather, whatever, they're looking to you for um, support and guidance, and you need to make sure that um, you're able to do that properly. That's your responsibility as a parent. Right, right. definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's really important, and, I, and I'm, glad, I'm glad that you said that. Like, I know, like, taking those moments, taking that time, because all of the strategies that you listed out are strategies that I feel like everyone should be employing. <laughs> like, yeah. we all should be assuming the, the very same thing, right? Because I think it's, it's hard. Life happens, yeah, right? It does, and it's just, it's, it's really hard. I, I think I, we were talking about, um, like, men and how a similar thing happens with, like, even, you know, with, with our husbands and, you know, with guys and, you know, single fathers and, like, like just the challenges that like they undergo and, and how sometimes difficult it is for them to be open and vulnerable. And like, you know, speaking from my own perspective with Leon and um, just this this odd season that we've been in where his work has kind of been like up and down. And then there was like a season for like a month and a half where he wasn't working and things were tight financially. But, you know, we did have some money set aside, so we weren't in too much um, detriment. But I could see that it was weighing on him. Um, and I could see that he was kind of removed and like, you know, his, just his disposition had changed tremendously. But, um, now that, you know, he's back at work, things have changed. Like I, I feel like he, like he walks different. His, his aura, his energy is completely different. And we've had an opportunity now to sit down and kind of unpack where he was in that and what was going on and, you know, how he was when he was in that headspace. And he was like, I was just like, I was so scared. He's like, there's no other way to put it than that. I was like, I was so scared. I was thinking like, you know what? I have a family. It's my obligation to provide for you all. And I feel like I'm failing. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to reason with that. I don't know how to reconcile that. And I was so grateful that we could have that conversation and we could kind of like, you know, put some strategies in place so that going forward, we, uh, he wouldn't have to feel that alone and carry that weight by himself. But like I had said to him that I really wish that we had that conversation in the midst of like when he was going through it. Um, but he's like, it just, I just didn't, I didn't know how to say it. So I do, I feel like as, you know, as men, as women, as mothers, fathers, friends, we just really have to get better at, you know, being honest with ourselves and honest with each other mm-hmm. and, and, and finding the courage to be vulnerable. And like, yes, that, that, that sounds kind of like an anomaly, but it truly is the case. Like yeah. being vulnerable is scary. Scary. It's hard. I find that keeping it to yourself is counterproductive though, because yeah. it keeps you in that place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the moment you admit to your your whoever is your safe place, your, your yeah. person or whatever, where you can say, like, I am losing my shit. Yeah. Whoever, the moment you admit that, it's like, girl, me too. Yeah. And then you have that, <laughs> exactly. that relationship, that bond. You have somebody else to lean on mm-hmm, for support because mm-hmm. you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, and then you guys can get through it together. I agree. I mean, versus no. you staying in that space of mm-hmm. uh, solitude where it's you and your thoughts and the ones yeah. you created. 
just having a party in your mind, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. isn't. I mean, no one's gonna know getting you anywhere. Yeah, no. unless you say something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's up to us to um, you know change that narrative. I think it's getting better now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think you mentioned before, or maybe you didn't, but <laughs> but we as women and mothers, we have so many different little communities and yeah. we can mm-hmm, find places mm-hmm. where we yep. fit in, yeah. um, no matter how niche it is. Yeah. Um, and now that we're more open to talking about our mental health and how we maintain it, mm-hmm. um, hopefully... Um, this allows men to start creating those communities for themselves Absolutely. too because they have different types of pressure mm-hmm, and sure. they worry about different types of responsibilities mm-hmm. that they will have mm-hmm. as men that they were taught and it'd be great for them to lean on each other just mm-hmm. like how it feels so refreshing to talk to someone yeah. or another mother about some of the struggles that we have and realize that they have the same exact struggle hopefully they find that relief and that sense of community for themselves because it's fair. We all have to, you know, make sure our mental health is, is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate to anyone. Yeah. And I feel like there's all, there, there's, there's, there's burdens and stigmas and stereotypes that we all have to unpack and like, you know, just to, to, to let go of. And I feel like that's in the same way that as women, we need to kind of let go of this, like super mom, superhero. Yeah. A similar sentiment for men. Like I think mm-hmm. this, 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 this all, like you know, all bearing provider. Who I just feel like that is so heavy for any one person to carry. And I think that like yeah, having a space where they can kind of unpack that and and, and see how else they can be um, defined and validated is so important for them. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of like finding those spaces and communities, yeah. I think that it's important that they should not be men or women. We should not be. Um, opposed to speaking to professionals. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's important because it, who you're speaking to matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because you might be looking at your husband and you're wondering why he hasn't opened up to you. But mm-hmm. he's like, I told my boy everything that was going on from day one Yeah, because he could relate to me. But mm-hmm. maybe the advice that he's giving isn't really conducive to growth. Yeah, Or your sure. situation or your diagnosis or your specific mm-hmm. um, strand of depression, whatever the case may be. But this is like an actual disease, I mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. And it should be treated as such once before even it gets to the point where it's that severe but mm-hmm. speak to professionals don't be opposed to it i'm i don't love medication i don't like medication to yeah. be quite honest um but i'm not opposed to speaking to a professional that can tell me how to best manage my energy and my emotions mm-hmm. and give me tools yeah because talking is one thing right yeah talking and releasing is one thing i have an art therapy party that i throw where we can put our energy on the canvas Mm -hmm. however that's only one part of your growth and doing the work is a major component it's not fun it's ugly you're gonna cry you're gonna look in the mirror and (laughs) not recognize yourself and wonder why you started but you have to go through that that self-work so Mm -hmm. you can get to the other side where you can have healthy relationships Mm -hmm. um and live a life that i guess fills you up i agree yeah Mm-hmm. So in line with like you know talking about what you the parties that you throw, tell us a little bit more about what you do and um, yeah, like we just want to know like we, ultimately we want the people to know how they can connect with you and what you're doing that they may um, really want to get involved with. Uh, okay, so you can find me on Instagram at u y o u beta b e t t a glow girl. Um, I'm on Twitter at the same handle. I have uh, the art therapy party is at Paint Nights and Chill. Um, so that party was kind of birthed out of my depression um, and surviving it and feeling like I wanted to give back. So in the beginning, I had the uh, savior complex where I wanted to save everyone, and I was downtown. <laughs> 
um, handing out lunches for the homeless. Oh, I was one. throwing um, Mother's Day specials and treating moms to get catered. A whole bunch of things. And it eventually evolved into the art therapy party. Mm -hmm. um, and my thinking behind that was that I know the art community loves to party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We love to socialize. We yeah. love to laugh. We're really good at that. <laughs> um, and that is therapy in itself. That's mm -hmm. a form of therapy. And it's cathartic. And when you go out and you, you have a good night with your friends, whether it's at a club, a bar, whatever, a ladies' night, you feel lighter. Mm -hmm. You might yeah. you, you haven't necessarily fixed the issue. Yeah. Um, but you do feel lighter and you go home feeling like, okay, I maybe can tackle this. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so I created the party with that in mind where people come out and they don't necessarily create. It's not a guided paint night. You just literally put your emotions on the canvas and go home with your art. Um, you might have a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> or it's something that you can analyze and work through. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, that's pretty much a premise behind the party. It does pretty well. Uh, you come out. You don't have to talk about your feelings. Um, and I, I really wanted to um, curate that because that kind of worked for me mm -hmm. where I used art. Like music has been my go-to mm -hmm. um, from day one. Most of my darkest moments, you can find me like locked in a room with my headphones in and some like really motivational playlist. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't. I wasn't open to therapy in the beginning. Um, so just different um, mediums that worked for me. Um, is pretty much what I kind of tried to recreate through the party. Um, nice. And then I'm a writer for Exxon Nicole. You can um, see some of my articles. I am. Oh, cool. Um, a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a copywriter, free, uh, freelance writer, um, getting into personal development coaching. I have the party annually at my day job. It doesn't even matter. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, pretty much the gist of everything. Um, but I think it's important that you create your outlets so that mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be well-received. Like, yeah. nobody has to support you. You yep. can have a podcast that nobody listens to. You can have a blog that nobody listens to. Whatever you have to do to get yourself out of that space, you do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and typically, you're probably going to find a community and you're going to find somebody out there that actually needed what you mm -hmm. created. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's important that we repurpose our pain. Mm. I love that. We can't really choose the, the cards that we get dealt, but mm -hmm. we can reshuffle them. <laughs> so, yes! Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's, that's, that's going to be the quote next week. That's kind of been Thank my you. perspective where, Whoa. where this whole adversity thing comes into play. I am with it. Just jam yeah. out. She just dropped their gems before she <laughs> dropped the mic and go home. Listen. Well, jam after jam. Oh, my goodness. And listen, if you want more of her gems, I strongly encourage you to subscribe to her mailing list. She sends love letters. Is it weekly that you send them? Yes, I do. And I, I love them. Thanks, I read them every week. They're fabulous. Um, they're super inspiring, very motivating. And I, I, like I said, like they're, they're huge. Um, and they're really beneficial. So, Danielle, you're amazing. We're so thank grateful you, that you, you came guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing your stories as well because oh, I wasn't, I'm not super um, familiar with postpartum depression. I didn't experience it. So, hearing you guys share your experience with it helps me know how to help my own friends going through it. And it's really insightful. So, Thank you. No problem. No problem. With that being said, friends, you know what time it is. Nap time is over. See you <laughs> in our next episode. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.